Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are domination continues at this year's Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Kevin Durant looking for a new team. The Big Ten adds two new members. An exciting finish at the inaugural USFL championship game. Baker Mayfield finds a new home. The NFL season is right around the corner, previewing the AFC East. With that, I give you our chief fire fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Thursday night, live in the studio in Matt's basement. Beautiful Thursday evening in Delaware, Ohio. Uh, like Colton said, we're getting started with you know some fun stuff with the with the hot dog eating contest. You know, Jaws won her again. This is like what 15 times or 15 times that he's won it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joey Chestnut. Um, well off of his record pace, but uh, still well enough to best the field by a good distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did 63 dogs in 10 minutes and still had time to throw a guy down <laughs> and rush the stage. So, yeah. you know, all in all, pretty good weekend for Joey Chestnut. And in a, and in a boot to boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, a, in, in, a, in a walking fight, boot. Fighting off an injury on top of that. Right, so, absolutely. Um, and he did attribute the injury to, uh, you know, being 13 dogs and rolls off his record pace from – you know, night from what, 19, 2019, I think. It was no, last year. Last year yeah. that he had oh, 76. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, this is the first time they were back in Coney Island since 2019. Yeah, yeah. Out front of the, uh, you know, the original Nathan's hot dog stand. So it was good to see him back. That was a huge crowd. Yeah, My goodness. a lot of people. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. So uh, yeah, give me you guys a rundown. <clears throat> Matt, want to go there? Yeah, I mean, it. Kind of what we called before we even came into this show. It wasn't going to be much of a contest on either side with obviously Joey Chestnut just dominating the field, winning Mm -hmm. by 15 and a half. 15 and a half dogs over his nearest competitor and well off his record pace. But, you know, it it was nice to see because of the uh, extra action that happened on the side that (laughs) Vegas actually pulled back the bets that were for Chestnut to break his record. Mm -hmm. They they, they didn't think it was was right. Yeah, they they gave back their bets. So it was was nice of Vegas to to see them do that with with all the distraction that went on Mm -hmm. and kind of – Throwing off any any real chance of him breaking his own individual record. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I said, uh, pretty pretty much domination. You know, in both divisions there. Uh, you know, the women's and the and the men's. Um, right. You know, in the women's division, uh, Mickey Sudo, who's you know won the title, you know, quite a few years in a row. You know, didn't have the chance to compete last year as she was you know giving birth to her first child last year. Yeah. Um, but. Reclaimed, you know, came back this year, reclaimed her title by eating, uh, you know, 40 hot dogs and, and buns. Uh, rolls, give, not buns. Rolls, <laughs> um, you know, and and uh, took home, you know, her eighth eighth win in this in this competition right, right. in the women's division. Um, you know, and it was it was kind of interesting. I was I was reading something, you know, her her husband and her you know son that they that they had, you know, were in the crowd, and actually her her. Uh, husband is a, is a competitive eater that yeah. competed in the uh, you know in the men's division or you right. know after she you know did her dominant run and to, that's where they met right and that's how they yeah. that's how they met uh, yeah at the at the actual Nathan's hot dog eating contest be, contest back in 2018 is mm-hmm. how they you know met each other and it was you know all history from there was so. the first bite yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um, but yeah I think this uh, at least from the men's standpoint was a little bit overshadowed by you know some of the the protesting and some of the you know crazy theatrics that happened you know on the on the stage, but uh, you know didn't didn't stop Joey from 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 dominating you know what he's what he's used to doing. Um, obviously, would have liked to 
you know, eating eating a few more few more dogs there, but uh, still was was well above uh, you know the rest of the guys back there, or outpaced sure. the, the rest of the guys there. But uh, you know, another thing that I that I saw that I found interesting that I I didn't know, or you know, maybe has been mentioned on the show before, but uh, Nathan's actually donates to charity mm-hmm. after, after this event. They uh, donate a hundred thousand hot dogs to the uh, local food bank in, yeah, in New York. Food um, bank in New York City. Yeah, as a, as a result yeah. of this, uh, you know, competition. Yeah, and that's or, the know. best part. You know, it's all for fun. But that, right. that's a great charity. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you look at that hundred thousand dollar or a hundred thousand hot dogs to, right. the, to the food bank. That yeah. that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you know, all in all, you know, fun time. The you know, weather was was perfect. Couldn't have asked for a better you know better day to you know mow down some hot dogs. I guess, but. Uh, you know, it's it, it's always a fun event to, to talk about every year, and what, you know, not, nothing changed. One other, one other stat. Go, go ahead, Matt. I'm I was just sorry. gonna say, you know, on both sides of this thing, some some other competitors really got to step up because this thing's <laughs> not even really exciting to watch anymore. Yeah, when, like a when non- you clearly know who's gonna win mm-hmm. both sides mm-hmm. of this thing. Somebody's right. got to come along and knock off one of those one of those yeah. you know people at the top sure. there, but uh, well, not well, an easy task. For 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 those of you that. Uh, Watch your calories and count your calories. So, uh, oh 63 hot dogs and rolls, 18,711 calories. Wow, so that, that's only nine days of nine your, days, your standard right, diet. Yeah, right. yeah, nine days worth of diet. All consumed in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes for, or uh, nine days worth of calories in 10 minutes. So. It's, it's crazy that these guys and gals aren't all bigger than they are though i mean you look at these people and you, you don't think yeah because most of them this isn't the only this no, is what they this do is their i mean life, they, livelihood, they, well, they have know? all kinds of like yeah, everything most shrimp the right. most uh, oysters and, oysters yeah it's crazy it's most like a whole a whole circuit that yeah. they have like a you know food competition circuit where they yeah basically yeah. have somewhat of a of a season if you mm-hmm. will of you know this competition happens this week. This competition happens this week, and you know they they you know compete and Crazy. try to win money and you know whatnot. And yeah, they they but yeah, you're right, Matt. None of them are you know super heavy or super big you know people or whatever. Um, but you know they find a way to put it away somehow. So do you know, I, I actually didn't get a chance to watch the event this year. Did they do the uh, the lemonade chugging event they, they did. did last year? I think they, they did. did. I, I didn't get the, to watch the same it myself. Guy wins. It's I don't know. I, not that sure. I, didn't, I know they did it, but yeah. I didn't see the outcome. Yeah, not so, sure who yeah, who who took home the crown in that one. I but. remember he, he's a he's a bigger gentleman compared, right. compared to the rest. Yeah. Right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, on to something a little more serious, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, KD last week requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Um, right after you know, well, they haven't even haven't decided what they're doing with Kyrie yet, um, but you know, he wants out of Brooklyn. Um, it's gonna be it's it's really a confusing or it's going to be a complicated mess, I think, the way that it looks. Because if you remember, um, KD just re-signed last, an extension, a four-year extension for $194 million last mm-hmm. year, which he's probably kind of regretting. Not the money, obviously, but if he does, in fact, one out of, out of Jersey, um, you know, who's got, somebody's got to pick up that salary. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that KD probably isn't, a prolific scorer and maybe one of the best all-time pure scorers in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at 33 years old. Uh, and coming off of some injuries and a couple down seasons. Really right, for him, right. So. so, you know, and I don't know what uh, I think. Obviously, I think for KD, he wants to go to somebody that can tend for a ring. ring. He doesn't feel like, you know, Brooklyn is the place to do that. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a tough sell. Um mm-hmm. Because for him to go, in, Colton, you can probably you know enlighten us on this, but um, for him to go to a team that's going to c- 
contend, you know, for a title, most of those teams are already kind of tapped out, right. you know, money wise. Yeah, you're going to have to trade right. contract for contract. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, with 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 him being under contract, I mean, it's going to be a sign and trade deal with whoever, you know, is the the glorious winner because it seems like, you know, looking at it now, I think I read almost half of the NBA reached out to the Nets about, you know, what it would take to get KD. So at this point yeah. it's it, it, and and you know KD obviously his his two preferences or you know the two teams that were kind of at the top of his list to go to were the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat um, and you know the Nets brass or you know the Nets GM or you know upper management have basically said you know we we don't feel that we have to honor his you know best wishes or where mm. he wants to go it's mm -hmm. what how much are we gonna it's it's gonna be whatever the best deal is for right. us in return right, right. Um, you know to get the best bang for their buck, if you will. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm another team and I know he doesn't really want to be there, am I giving my best offer to try to give him? <sighs> yeah. No, and he know. may I... just try to force his way out of your team too. Mm -hmm. But the, but they've said that they're if they don't get what they want, they're willing to make him make him stay. Make him stay. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. you know, never works out well for either side, right. I don't think. But, yeah. you know, you know that they're going to want a lot, especially, like I said, with Kyrie wanting out. If Kyrie's gone, KD's gone. You know the Nets you are back start to getting some more to pieces to, to rebuilding. Yeah, you know, so acquiring. And to complicate things even more, mm -hmm. KD's off the grid right now. <laughs> yeah, any guy. They said that even like his friends in the NBA, other players that have tried to reach out for him, he's like, you know, mum's the word right now. He's keeping it quiet. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's I, I got a few teams I that I looked at and they gave some possible scenarios just. Just um, to kind of give you kind of give you an indication, like for the Suns, they said they thought the Suns would have to give up DeAndre Ayton, mm -hmm. Mikael Bridges, um, and I think two other guys, and they named them. I can't remember who they were, and a first rounder in the twenty third, the twenty fifth, the twenty seventh, and the twenty nine draft. Mm -hmm. Now, good grief, yeah. you know we're. You We're better you better win a championship or two. Given yeah, you're, all you're six seven years down the road at a guy that's thirty three years old. Yeah, you know, and then uh, I, you know, kind of an outside uh, shot. They said possibly the Raptors mm -hmm. with yeah. uh, you know, and if if, if you didn't see it, uh, Holmgren just lit it up in the D League the other while well, the G, G League, League, I yeah. guess they call the, it now. the Summer League. Now the it summer is league. right now. Uh, yeah. He lit it up the other night. Had like twenty six points mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. and had a great game but they said for him you know for them to do it you'd have to give up rookie of the year scotty barnes yeah four more players mm -hmm. from the rafters and first rounder in 23 25 and 27 it's like man mm -hmm. it's got to be you know i don't know it just it just really seems like a tall price to pay right. to Ab me absolutely but why keep a guy that doesn't want to be there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you can, you know, acquire some draft capital and, and, you know, either use those draft picks to draft players or use them to turn around and trade for other players on, right. you know, other teams to get your team back in, back in contention, because it's, uh, it's just a, a, a strange world in the, in the NBA. I mean, it was, you know, when KD announced he wanted it out of, out of Brooklyn, it was three years to that day that him and Kyrie both announced they were headed to Brooklyn mm -hmm. to, you know, team up to make this, you know, make super this team. super team and, yeah. you know, make some run at some NBA championships. And that it's really never materialized and between then, injuries and the right. situation with Kyrie and the COVID, you know, right. his views on the COVID vaccine mm -hmm. and uh, injuries on top of that. It's just that 
that experiment's really never been like taken a, off. Never, right. Never yeah, been able. Never to, really given a chance. Right. It's never you know been able to have the chance. Right. Then they then they added you know James Harden into the mix, and now they got you know this three headed monster that they thought, oh man, this or at least getting one NBA championship out of this. Yeah. No, you know, James Harden forced his way out of Brooklyn. Right. Kyrie somewhat, you know, this offseason was about to do the same thing until, and, and still very well could, you know, now that he knows that, you know, KD wants out of there. Right. I mean, all three of them now have, have somewhat forced their way out of Brooklyn. Well, and, I mean, unless Kyrie wants to be the show, uh, maybe, maybe yeah. he was happy to hear KD wanted out of Brooklyn. Maybe, and, you know, and then, you know, rumors and, and things going around, you know, that, that the, the relationship between KD and Kyrie wasn't as healthy as what you what you think or, you know, it, behind and the scenes. It's probably what it needs to be to win right. a championship. Right. Um, and so, but yeah, you know, after three years, Kyrie and KD only played a combined 58 regular season games wow. together. Um, and, and that, that actually 58 games total, that includes the playoffs. That includes playoffs and regular season. So not even one full season in three years did they play together on the same, yeah, you know, Harden, same court. Obviously, Harden was even less the three of them playing together. Right. Was, was considerably less than that. And, you know, we talk about them winning NBA titles. They only won a single playoff series, one right. one playoff series. So yeah. they didn't even come close to winning an yeah, NBA yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, as you know, NBA basketball, that playoff is a long Right, gruesome, grueling road. I it, mean, it, it, the the atmosphere shifts. It you know you have the regular season. You know people yeah. make their way through. You know try to get you know a decent seat or whatever. But then it's you know when it comes April or you know late April, early May, it's that's when two. real basketball yeah. starts, and it's it just a whole different atmosphere that right. you got to shift into to different gear. Um, and I just yeah, I think it's gonna be. So give me your guys' thoughts. Where where do you think KD lands? Yeah, I think uh, it's gonna gonna be interesting. Like I said, I think uh, you know, I, I think the Miami Heat are a team you gotta you gotta look at, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, looking at some of the the trade packages that they've thrown around for that. I mean, they've thrown Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, who was the sixth man of the year, and mm -hmm. you know, probably easily a starter on pretty much any other team other than the Heat. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you know, three first round picks you know, in 2023, 2025, and 2029. Then on top of that, three more first-round pick swaps. So basically, like wherever the Heat finalize, you know, if the, if the Nets don't like where they're, if they're you know behind where the Heat are picking, they, they automatically get the swap, you know, swap wow. picks there. Uh, so all to get one one guy in, in Kevin Durant. You know, the Heat really aren't getting anything, or you know, they're not getting anything back other than Kevin Durant. That's right. it. You know, you're. You're right. giving up several players, and you still got to go and backfill those spots with other guys, that, you know, role players, right. or because know. of the big contract you got to take. And I mean, let's be honest, this is pretty much the problem in LA right now. Mm -hmm. They they did that. They signed these big contracts. They couldn't backfill the rest of the roster with, with anything with but talent. Just right. some, you know, some older three guys, minimum guys, yeah, yeah that, that aren't getting the job done. Right, absolutely. Um, you know, and I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, how how he pairs up with 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 the likes of like a, a Jimmy Butler, because I, I think it's interesting in, with Miami is that they, you know, have somewhat built their team where, you know, Jimmy Butler is kind of the, the superstar. And I mm -hmm. guess you could maybe throw Kyle Lowry in that mix, but mm -hmm. they just seem to be more of kind of a, a team, you know, dynamic or, you know, not, you know, relying single handedly on like one, one guy. Mm -hmm. right. Now you throw KD in there. Who's, you used know, to be in the guy. you know, used yeah. to be in the guy, or you know, being being that guy. How does he kind of fit in that in that dynamic, or you know, how does he how does he mold with with that team? But you know, I, I like I like him, and 
I heard also the uh, the Trailblazers, you know, their name was thrown around, as well as the the Memphis Grizzlies, which I, I found two two interesting, you know, um, teams that you know. Um, I know Jaws really pay, uh, pushing forward in, right. in, in Memphis, um, but I think the price is going to be so stiff. That right. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's I mean, he, he's coming off obviously, you know, an injury this past season. I mean, still averaged near thirty points a game. Yeah. Um, you know, and and um, you know, just shy under you know ten rebounds and about a little over six. Six assists. So I mean, he's he's still capable of producing, you know, some numbers. But can he stay healthy, or you know, stay healthy for a full season to really contribute, um, you know, fully to to a team? But uh, yeah, it'll agree. be be interesting. You know, no matter who gets him, it's gonna be you're gonna give up, you know, pretty much the farm to <laughs> to get him because I think that's the only way the Nets are right. saying, you know, adios or you know, gonna let him just walk away. So mm-hmm. all right, I'll throw a wild one at you. Right. Not being talked about. I'm just I'm going off the top of all my right. head here. So LeBron wants to play with Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go, LeBron for KD, and you know may, maybe sweeten it a little bit for the Lakers because LeBron is closer to the end than KD. Mm-hmm. Give a draft pick to, mm-hmm. and make make that swap. Then you know now KD's back with his old friend there and uh, uh, Anthony and, Davis and, well, no, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook yeah. played together, you know, yeah. back in their day, and now LeBron's back with Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, the, the dynamics may work a little be better with those guys. Yeah. Right. Well, That'd there's still still possibilities that could all happen, you know, in in some <laughs> way or fashion. Yeah, I so. think the money would probably work too. I, I can't imagine they're that far off on, I would on think. year to year contract. Right. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, on to the oblong ball there. Um, we talked a little bit. We Colton kind of previewed you there a little bit. Um, with some big moves in the in the college football ranks, uh, UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12, coming to the Big Ten. Um, you know, let's not kid each other. It's all about money mm-hmm. <laughs> for both sides yeah. and recruiting. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I for the Big Ten and for for those two teams out west. Um, you know, I think for the Big Ten, it gives them a chance to expand their TV market into not only LA but the whole California market. Mm-hmm. West Coast, yeah. Um, You know, and, you know, obviously the rabid football base that's in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to lose anything there. I don't know. It's just I worry, you know, we talked about it. I think, um, you know, eventually you're going to see basically you're going to see two conferences left. It's going to be basically like the, you know. Equivalent of the Big Ten and the equivalent yeah, of the SEC. the SEC. Yeah, yeah basically the, the AFC and the NFC, right. like you have in, um, you know, the pro ranks or whatever. But mm-hmm. give your thoughts, Matt. Uh, what do you think? Um, you know, it was a unanimous vote by the Big Ten to accept. Mm-hmm. So uh, where do you think this is going? As a pure college football fan, I hate it. Mm-hmm. As a Big Ten fan, it, it, I mean, if you're looking to expand and keep up with the SEC, I, I think they made a good move. You, you had to get some some power programs and mm-hmm. big markets, and you can't get any bigger than California. Mm-hmm. I just, it, what's this leave the Pac-12? They're kind of in shambles at this point. Yeah. And I, you wonder, should they just join with the Big 12 and make their own super conference? Mm-hmm. Would, would that be – I mean, they're kind of all more towards the West Coast anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that could work to build that third big conference to not get left behind. Right, especially then, with Oklahoma and Texas yeah. making the jump to the right. SEC. Right. So yeah. you got, like, basically Oregon and Washington left in the – In the Pac-12. In the Pac-12. Yeah. And I, I think maybe had this move happened last year, that would be more likely to happen. But mm-hmm. since the – 
since the Big 12 added Cincinnati and uh, yeah, Houston, Houston and, and a few yeah. other teams, right. I, I think that kind of throws off the dynamic mm-hmm. of trying to do that at this point. Right. right. And then the other team that's really left out in the cold is the ACC. Mm. And th- their teams can't move. They're, they're stuck in a, um, a media contract until 2036, and it would cost them a boatload of money to get out of the conference. And, and I think that's why you're seeing this happen now because uh, – uh, I think both of those teams were locked into a TV contract only through the 23-24 mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, so they'll they'll come into the Big Ten then in the 24-25 season. So they and not face not, any kind of financial right, penalty. They're not breaking that contract. Um, mm-hmm. You and know. I, so and I, I think I think that was you know we could have somewhat seen the handwriting on the wall there with with that you know that was kind of maybe a preview of things to come because you know from everything I was reading. Pac-12 officials had pushed USC and UCLA to, to resign, 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 and they they right. wouldn't. Now that didn't mean that you know they were obviously had this whole Big Ten thing in the works, but did that what did that mean from you know USC UCLA stand? You know were they going to start their own you know kind of you know UCLA network or you know do what Texas right. did and start their own Longhorn network or mm-hmm. you know they had something else up their sleeve to you know try try to strong arm the Pac-12 or, you know, to, to earn more money, you know, by themselves. Um, it's, but Yeah, it's, it's, it's an all, all a power play. I think you're right. I mean, because you look at, like, the Big Ten and the SEC, even compared to the other Power Five conferences, those two co- are making almost double mm-hmm. yeah, what the other two conferences are. So even in that Power Five, those are the, the power two, mm-hmm. so to speak. So yeah. I think that's why you're seeing them attract – some of these big names from other conferences so easily. Right. Right. Yeah, and I so, think so. How much further do we think this goes? I, I, I think, think to me going. the numbers got to be. I, I think Big Ten should go to twenty. It's not, like, it's not even the Big Ten anymore. You can't even call it the Big Ten. Big a hundred at this point <laughs> well, because I think, I think Matt. I think I think we already answered. I think it's going to be down to two conferences. Right. Well, whatever they're called. Whatever you call yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. you call pa- them. Power Conference A and Power Conference right. B or yeah. whatever. Um, so, you know, and and I think this also leaves Notre Dame. They better they, figure yeah, they it out. They better figure decision. something out yeah. because they've always been that, you know, sitting on the fence type deal that, oh, we'll be fine, you know, by ourselves. But I think they, they got a decision to make here yeah, pretty soon. Because I think their fan base has always kind of carried them where they would still get games, mm-hmm. you know, in prime time and, you yeah, know, games. Huge are, NBC contract. Right, right. But, but that's but slowly coming to, you know, I think slowly going to, you know, the, the door is slowly closing on that opportunity, so, you know, I mean, and right. I think they, they have to, you know, somewhat – you know, make a decision and decide right. where they would like to be. And I think it makes sense to join, if you will, the, the Big Ten because they, they always – their schedule, you know, as an independent, they always schedule a lot of the Big Ten mm-hmm. teams already, yep. you know. So they're right in that region. Right, they're, they're, they're right close there. by, you know, a lot of the other schools. So I think it, it makes sense. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't think it stops here. I think we – you know, I know you said ACC teams are locked into this media deal, but do they really care? I mean, at this point – what what is money to them when they have the opportunity to make even more by joining a, you know another conference and right. say I mean, you yeah. know we you know we'll cut our losses whatever yeah. we're in a conference now where we compete you know nationally for you know recruiting and you know have opportunities to be on TV more, more and, and, and things and, like that yeah. you know what, what what is it i mean and and you're not just talking football we're talking you know a lot of those ACC schools are big in basketball too right. so you're, you're you're talking a lot of revenue here to you know cut losses with a with a TV contract that you know, I don't know all the terms of how much it would cost them, but is it is it worth it at this point? And I, so I don't think right. I don't think we're done. You know, not no, done no, not here. I think that shot. there's still a lot more of realignment to, come. To, come, to come, and maybe not before the start. Hopefully, not before the start of the season. We're you know only about a month away from right. from kickoff here, but 
you know, it's 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 gonna be gonna be interesting. But yeah, it's money is is becoming, you know, the almighty ruler now in, in college sports. I mean, it's always college football, college sports has always been somewhat of a run like a business, mm -hmm. but now it's seeming to be that that's coming to the forefront a lot, a yeah. lot more. Right, it, it right. seems to be, yeah. How much money can we can we make? It's not always about you know mm -hmm. what product can we put on the field. It's how much money can we make as a university or you know whatever. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. definitely you know changing the landscape of college sports and you know it, it college sports has always been different than the professionals, but now I, I feel like it, it's slowly creeping its way Aligning themselves to, more to be more, more of, a, of a professional yeah. league. And so, it's, so if you're Big Ten, who do you go to round this thing out? Like I said, Notre Dame, definitely. I, I think Oregon's got to be one. That way you get a, a, a little more right West now you Coast. Right got two West Coast. Yeah, so yeah. You, you know, got to have for travel purposes. Well, and, and, and does know. the Big 12 survive, or do they start breaking off, yeah. you know, more pieces of that? Right. So geographically, you know, yeah. you got Oklahoma State, Right, can you Iowa grab State. a couple of those? somewhat midwestern right. teams that are right. like somewhat close to nebraska and add them in or do they right. lump themselves in with like the sec since texas a&m is kind of you know part of the sec some of those texas the schools pride itself on academics too so i, I think you got to go after like a stanford mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i think you'd go oregon stanford yeah. notre dame and i think that's that's why a lot of the you know top like academic schools in the acc I think will be joining the Big Ten, like a UNC, a Duke, you know, right. some of those bigger, you know, schools that aren't just, you know, great at, you know, basketball or football or whatever, but are no, some of the best research, you know, research too. schools in the in the country. So mm -hmm. to add that to the mix, I just think it's, uh, yeah, like I said, we're we're not done here. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be, yeah, before we all, you know, before it's all said and done, within I think maybe the next two to three years, we could see. You know, basically, yeah, it's, it's two conferences and, you know. You, maybe three. Yeah, maybe maybe three, um, you know, if, if you know, it, that something is able to happen. So is that going to change the whole dynamic of the football, you know, the I think it almost has to. I, I mean, if you go two conferences, I think you'd turn it into an NFL playoff. You right, play right. Just like the NFL does. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you, wow. If you go three or four, then I, they almost keep it the way it is. Yeah, Because then, then you can split it up All that right. way. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Get into the pro football ranks here. Some news from uh, get one out of the way real quick. The USFL championship was last weekend. Um, Birmingham Stallions against the Philly Star, Philadelphia Stars. Actually, a very entertaining game. I had the opportunity to watch quite a little bit of it. Um, Birmingham had to, had to come back from you know being down, wound up winning thirty three to thirty mm -hmm. with a backup quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, you guys give me your thoughts on the game, and then I kind of want to get maybe just real quick into some of the how we think this this league's going to be able to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think you couldn't have asked for a better you know inaugural or you know first championship game or whatever in this in this uh you know first season with the usfl here um you know it was it was an exciting one i mean 
I know Matt and I talked about, you know, previewed the game last right. week, and we thought, you know, Birmingham would, would you know, win this one pretty pretty handily or right. thought, you know, they would win it pretty solidly. But wasn't the case. I mean, the Stars, you know, played played well, and, you know, it was kind of a, a back and forth, you know, somewhat of a back and forth. I mean, Birmingham took an early lead, and then the Stars made a, a heck of a push, and right. then, you know, they took, you know, a little bit of a lead, lead, and then Birmingham, you know, made a push there late and finally sealed the deal. But, uh, you know, exciting, exciting game. But, uh, you know, you talk about backup quarterbacks. Actually, both teams had to finish with their backup quarterbacks. So, um, you know, and it came down to, you know, a matter matter of a couple plays, you know, was, was the difference in it. And, you know, obviously Birmingham – made the right plays Philadelphia didn't and you know that's that's you know the difference in the in the score there yeah and like, like I talked about coming into this game I, I, I felt like Birmingham had more stars on their side and those mm-hmm. stars really really kind of shown in this mm-hmm. game yeah running back Bo Scarborough he had a 36 yard rushing touchdown also had a 70 yard uh, rush that set up a field goal right before halftime yeah absolutely ultimately ended up being the difference in this game mm-hmm. uh Scooby Wright the linebacker out that used to play out of Arizona he uh, had a pick six that played almost huge a fifty, in this almost thing. a fifty yarder. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, offensive or the MVP of the game was Victor Bolden Jr. He had sixty four receiving yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And even he was bested by on his own team by Marlon Williams, who's yeah. another guy who's played quite a bit. He's had hundred. He had one hundred five yards and a touchdown. Right. So the, the stars that Birmingham had really, really showed up in this game mm-hmm. and, on and both bo- sides played the like ball. they wanted to get back into the NFL. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was. Was interesting a game of you know big big plays if mm-hmm. you will um, you know on both sides of the ball and you know ultimately like I said you know Birmingham made those crucial plays down the down the stretch to to, to win it and you know Philadelphia kind of floundered there in the in the right. last you know final right. minutes. So. Well, they, they did garner uh, 1.8 million viewers for the uh, championship game, which mm-hmm. is the most they had all year. Um, I read they averaged about 715,000 viewers um, through the regular season, mm-hmm. so more than doubled their viewership for the championship game. So people were paying attention, right. I guess, that this was going on. Um, but going forward, obviously this, this league is, wasn't built, was never intended to compete with the NFL. But um, do you think it's sustainable? And with the coming of the XFL supposed to be returning in 2023 mm-hmm. under the direction of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yeah, um, and they're going to be directly competing against each other. I think um, same season, same, same seasons you know, same so same time. I don't think it. I don't think both of them are going to survive. No, that's where I see the biggest problem. I, I I don't think these two can go head to head and have enough talent. I mean, I know there's a lot of really good good you know, guys, college players that didn't make the NFL, but. Right. There's still so many that are those fringe NFL guys, and right. then there's guys that that, that people just aren't going to be heard of, or you know, somewhat mm-hmm. have you know heard or you know have gotten their shot in the NFL, but just you know didn't work out or whatever. I mean, and, and you got to also look at what you know, what kind of quality are you putting out on the field? Right. I mean, do you want to put out you know guys out there that you know played you know several small schools and things like that? Mm-hmm. What what kind of quality? You know, right. product are you putting out there that people are going to keep I, I tuning mean, into? To me, the better answer would have been. For Dwayne to throw it's his weight two. Yeah. to throw his weight in with the USFL, but right. I, you know you don't know how all the politics of that worked out either. Right. He may have you know wanted total control, but I just don't see. There's not enough viewers. There's not enough money. There's not enough talented players for both of these leagues. I mean, I, if they can play different months, 
then maybe because you know pe- people will watch football year round. Right. At least I know I will. Right, but, right. So I, I mean, I, I think if they can play a different schedule, possibly they mm-hmm. might be able to hang around. I just don't. I just don't. It, see it just leaves you not very much wise. time for right. it because I mean yeah. the NFL pretty much dominates the fall and yeah. the and the winter and and with the NFL you know talking about you know adding more regular season mm-hmm. games or whatever that yeah, just makes that just makes the NFL season even longer. Yeah. So then you're really you know shrinking it down with these new leagues of trying to find a time frame or a window when to play when you can have the viewership or, you know, you, you know, you're going to get the, cause even in the summertime, you got the, I mean, I don't know how many people tune into the, to the CFL, but you got the CFL who's been around for quite a while or, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they, you know, I think that they, they actually partnered up with the XFL, um, to, you know, try to bolster both of the leagues or whatever, or, you know, support them both to, you know, kind of, you know, feed talent from one or the other, you know, whatever. So I think that's something that the, the XFL has going for it is that they, you know, have somewhat partnered up with a professional league that has been, going, well you know, been well established already. But, you know, like you said, from a financial standpoint, both of the leagues need each other to kind of stay afloat, if you will. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see both of them being able to, to stay alive or, you know, whatever. And yeah. so it, it really depends on what the product is that you put on the field. That, so that, that, that begs the question, is the XFL just a year too late? I mean, did they yeah. wait too long mm-hmm. to get this thing right. off the ground? Right. The USFL has already done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that the championship game was pretty much a sold-out stadium mm-hmm. in nice. Canton, Ohio. So, right. I mean, they two, I think they had 230,000 fans or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or, or no, I think it was 23,000. 23, but, yeah, I think it's going to be – going to be interesting because, I mean, the, the USFL has already said that they plan to play, you know, next season. They're planning on having, a, you know, another full mm-hmm. season and move it, you know, where they actually play, you know, on the, the road. Stadiums, they don't yeah. play at the same site every week or whatever it'll be. Okay. You know, the well, home team gets their home team advantage. They're also discussing expansion within the next couple of years. Right. Well. Well, and right. I think by moving it around and getting to these hometowns, that's definitely going to expand. Like expand your fan base, right, right, and yeah. you know, yeah, you draw in some you revenue. Can't really get excited about a team you can't go and watch, right? That, right. that plays in the same, you know. There's not really that home crowd right, advantage, right. or you know, home field advantage, if you will. So I think, yeah, by breaking it up, you you give yourself the opportunity to you know generate some revenue in, in different places and, and give yourself an opportunity to, to thrive. But All right. real quick, and we're not probably not going to spend a lot of time on this because we got some other stuff we got to get to, but. Uh, Baker Mayfield did finally get his trade this week. Uh, if you didn't hear, he's going to the Panthers. And the Panthers say that Sam Darnold's not on the trading block. They want a very competitive and active quarterback competition. Um, you know, they both came out of the 2018 draft. In the They were the first two QBs taken in that, in that 18 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, to kind of throw another little – Mix in there, you know, if you remember, the Panthers traded up to get Matt Corral in the third right. round. So you got three guys, They're I think, that somewhat. could potentially, you know. <laughs> we could see all three of them starting at some point this season. Well, so yeah, At least all three of them competing, right. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Corral's got to be the dark horse, I think, mm-hmm. of the three. You know, and I, to me, just looking at stats, Baker's got to kind of be the favorite mm-hmm. at this point. But, you know, Sam Darnold. He picked it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. Who who made out the best, the Panthers, Baker, or the Browns? I don't know. I think they all lost, right. if, if, I'm, if I'm being, you know, being honest. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know that, uh, you know, because obviously the Panthers got, you know, Baker Mayfield as their, you know, quarterback in this trade, and then the Browns got a, 
a, a conditional fifth round pick, which can be bumped up to a fourth round pick, depending right. on how much. If Mayfield plays yeah. 70% of Carolina right. snaps. Right. It can be, you know, and bumped they still up. Pay half his salary. And they had to pay, yeah, like the Browns had to pay, uh, you know, Ten and a half million of his remaining, you know, deal or whatever. And, yeah. and so to pick. me, Baker's the one that made out. Right. I mean, not, he could, not really. He he actually took less money. Yeah. He lost three point five million dollars to make this trade happen. Yeah. But he gets to. He gets a new home. He gets a new place where you know start fresh. And, and the kid's a competitor. If he yeah. gets beat by Darnold, though. Yeah. And, <laughs> the, if kid, he gets, the kid's a competitor. Yeah. We did see that in yeah. Cleveland. You know, he played hurt. Right. He gave it his all when he was on the field. And um, I think he's walking into a, a decent situation. He's not like he got traded to a team that doesn't have any offensive weapons right. or you know a, a right. bad offense. I mean, he's got some weapons there on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, that I think he can. You know, if he if he can be what we saw two years ago, I think he can thrive in mm-hmm. that you know Carolina system. So he had a pretty good offensive line in front of him two mm-hmm. years ago, and he's not going to have that in Carolina. Right. He's going to be moving around for his life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he's already coming off of that you know that shoulder right. injury from last year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, statistically, his stats have been better than Darnold's. You know, through the through the time that they've both been in the league, but I don't know if that. He's had a lot more weapons, than right? Donald's and had. a right. lot more starts, and you know, so I don't right. know if you really if that really comes into it that much, but right, I, you know, I think Another, the Browns, I think, got nothing mm-hmm. basically, right? Um, yeah. you know, and who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Uh, there's a lot of rumors going around, you know, but if, if he is he has a lengthy suspension, um, he turned to. Jacoby Brissett at their right. starting quarterback. So, I don't know. I guess to me, the big loser was the Browns. Mm-hmm. If there was a winner in this, it was Baker. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. the, and I think really the Panthers. Yeah, I think, I think they got a good deal. I think they got a good um, deal because I mean, you get Baker. It, it's kind of a, a a low risk, high reward in yeah, my opinion. Right. Because I, I guess, but, but at what at what point do you stop throwing draft picks at quarterbacks? They gave up three draft picks to get Darnold. Mm-hmm. They gave up two to go up and get Corral. Now right. they give up another one to get Baker. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're they're a, running out of draft fifth round. Yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know, yeah. It's uh, definitely cool. interesting to think there. And you know, just a quick tidbit: the uh, Browns and the Panthers square off week one. So, nice, yeah, nice. Nothing, nothing better for both of those franchises than to you know square off Absolutely. against each other. Uh, you know, week one. So you, you got to hope Deshaun Watson can play week one, right? So so, ba- so it can be a fair, you know, I a fair play evaluation. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that whole situation. Yeah. Um, to be to be Who's determined right? with yeah, all that. With that. All right, we're going to give uh give you a quick rundown. Colton went through and you know he picked out uh, the um, some teams for us to. Kind of start our preview of the season. Colt, Colt, we'll let you get started. Yeah, so we we started here in the in the AFC. We started with the AFC East division here, and I'll talk with my you know my, my team, the the New York Jets here. You know my 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 fandom here. I hope try not to get in the way, but uh, you know of course you know Jets last year went four and thirteen, finished dead last in the <laughs> AFC East. I mean missed the playoffs. Haven't been to the playoffs since 2010, which is the longest active playoff drought in the NFL right now. Uh, you know, just not a lot of good things. Um, you know, and, and, and since that 2010 season, they've had six different regular season starting quarterbacks, four different head coaches. So it's been a little bit of a, you know, a, a mess in, in New York. But, uh, you know, I, I think things are on the up and up. I'm not ready to say that the Jets are playoff bound or, you know, they're ready to, you know, win Super Bowls or anything like that. But I think... The last couple of off seasons have been real good for for the Jets and, and most notably at, at the draft. They they had, you know, last year got got a couple of steals in, in the draft and I think even this year had 
a phenomenal first round, but just an overall had a great, great uh, mm-hmm. draft overall. Um, but uh, you know, they, they definitely got to got to find out how to get their defense better. They finished last uh, pretty much in every statistical category last year on the defensive side. And something I think that head coach Robert Sala, being a defensive-minded guy, definitely does not want to continue, Repeat. or or his yeah. his his time in New York may be pretty short. So uh, they get they got to figure that out. But like I said, on the offensive side of the ball, I think the you know I, I think it goes as far as you know second-year quarterback Zach Wilson. They go as far as he he goes. If he can show some improvements from his you know pretty bad rookie season. I think the Jets can 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 improve on that on that side of the ball. I mean, they added, um, you know, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, in the you know in the draft. Added you know another running back, the Iowa State uh, guy, Brees Hall, um, in in the draft. Um, you know, and added several pieces on the offensive side. You know, offensive lineman in uh, Lakin Tomlinson, who was a Pro Bowler last year. A couple of tight ends, uh, C.J. Uzama being the the most notable one from mm-hmm. from the. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals and you know up until that injury that that he had I mean was was a big target you know a, a real big uh, target for for Joe Burrow and you know a, a lot to why his success you know there in his in his year with uh, with Cincinnati but uh, you know I, I think yeah definitely gonna have to be an improvement from Zach Wilson you know I found mm-hmm. this found this stat last year the Jets they had four different quarterbacks that played QB last year um, started a game for him last year and the other three um, that that played had a better QBR than Zach Wilson. So that, that's not what you want to see. No. You know, your, your your second, third, and fourth string quarterbacks all played better than your starter. That's definitely yeah, – and, and a guy you've spent a number two pick on. Right. You, you definitely got to see some improvement this this year yeah. or, you know, it, it's right back to the same old, same old, you know, that, that the Browns have been in of, well, we're on to the next franchise QB right. or, you know, trying to find the next guy that's going to be right. the signal caller. Yeah, I mean, if you don't show improvement with the kind of guys they – just put around right it, it, it's yeah. yeah probably not gonna gonna happen um but yeah like i said defensive side of the ball they're gonna have to get a lot better i think that they did that they added uh you know uh sauce gardener with their with their first pick mm-hmm. in the in the uh you know this year's draft a great guy you know hard-working guy out of, out of cincinnati mm-hmm. um and then added you know from free agency um dj dj reed from the seahawks who had a a pretty good season with the, with the seahawks last year so hopefully he can come in as you know kind of that that you know Top corner, or, you know, other top corner that they can kind of have a dynamic duo um, on the in the secondary um, for okay. for the Jets. But uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting a better season. You know, they went four and thirteen last year. I think that they, you know, still below five hundred. I think they win a couple more games. I think if they go six and eleven, maybe seven and ten. You know, still obviously miss the playoffs, but you know, show some signs of of improvement based on kind of their last couple of draft classes and some of the free agency moves that they've made. All right, very good. Matt, who you got? Yep, I, uh, I got the Buffalo Bills here to preview. And uh, last season they went 11-16, uh, and 16 and they were an overtime play away from, you know, playing the Bengals for the AFC Championship after that amazing game with the, with with the Chiefs, Chiefs, that back-and-forth yeah, contest. Ooh, yeah. Didn't get any more exciting than that last season. Uh, you know, really they, they didn't lose much in the offseason. Uh, wide receiver Cole Beasley left town. Cornerback uh, Levi Wallace is out, and uh, their backup quarterback Fitzmagic uh, retired. <laughs> So, you know, the, for the, now, the, yeah. the, those were the guys they lost, but they, they really added quite a bit this offseason. They went out and got a garden, Roger Saffold, linebacker, biggest addition here, Vaughn Miller, mm. uh, a good, a good uh, receiving tight end in OJ Howard, uh, defensive end that used to play for them in Shaq Lawson, mm. and then some other really uh, just valuable Solid contributor pieces. guys in uh, 
running back Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. wide receiver Jameson Crowder, yeah. and then they picked up a couple of rookies and a cornerback to replace the cornerback they lost in the first round, Kair Elam. Mm-hmm. And then they, in the second round, they went out and back got a running back, um, James Cook. So mm-hmm. I, I think nice. they've added a lot of parts to, yeah. to, to, to a team that already was very somewhat good. good. Yeah. Very, very good. Right. So, right. so, I mean, I, I look for this year for them to – you know, at least Continue hold their pace dominance. on that eleven and six, and, and and very possibly even even do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, I got the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, in twenty twenty one, they started out two and four, and everybody kind of wrote them off, but they wound up finishing ten and seven overall, including a seven game win streak, and got into the playoffs, and then absolutely got destroyed <laughs> by the Bills, forty seven to seventeen on Wild Card Weekend. But, mm-hmm. um, and and then then they did lose some talent. Um, they lost starting corner J.C. Jackson uh, off, and two offensive linemen, which is always is never a good thing, mm-hmm. Ted Karras and Shaq Mason. Um, however, they did go right out in the draft and I think, you know, almost try to get direct replacements mm-hmm. by taking uh, Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. You know, some people were scratching their head, but I think the reason these other guys leaving, I think that's the reason they went that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and a cornerback out of Houston, Marcus Jones. They picked up a wide receiver out of Baylor, Tyquan Thornton, and a, a, a signed a wide receiver, Devontae Parker, from the Dolphins. Mm. Then with, was drafted by the Dolphins in two, 2015. Has had some very solid numbers with mm-hmm. the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, the big, the big piece that they're going to miss is their offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels going mm. to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's going to be huge. Um, I, I look for them, actually, the Pat Patriots to actually take a step back this mm, year. Mm. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, they were 10 and 7. I look for them to maybe 9 and 8, 8 and 9, somewhere around that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to depend on, you know, Mac Jones, I think, because um, yeah. they're not very deep. If, if he goes down or doesn't play well, you got Brian Hoyer back, and he, you know, <laughs> journeyman. Brian Hoyer's been on every team in the league, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And another guy I've never even heard of, and Bailey Zapp. Uh-huh. Bailey Zapp, I think that they drafted him this yeah. year, I think. So, yeah. you know, it, it, Mac Jones, 22 TDs and 13 picks last year, 92.5 QB rating. Not spectacular numbers. But um, but decent for a rookie. But decent. Yeah. And hopefully by adding, you know, Devontae Parker, and, and um, if they can keep him, you know, upright, in the backfield, the kid plays hard. He, you know, he's got a good arm, but I just I think the big piece that's going to be missing is Josh McDaniels. Again. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And I, Colton, you want to wrap it up with the Dolphins? Though? Yeah, yeah. I got the the last team here that we'll talk about in the AFC East, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, last year finished nine and eight. Uh, you know, third in the AFC East, and you know missed the playoffs. Um, you know, last year. First team ever in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak all in the same season. <laughs> um, you know, and, and obviously the seven-game losing streak coming first and the seven-game winning streak coming coming latter um, in that season. And and that seven games almost pushed them enough to to push them into the playoffs, yeah. but you know ultimately uh, you know narrowly missed missed the playoffs. And you know another team that's looking to to make the playoffs and to make some noise in the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game since December 30th of 2000. So, oh you know, they've been back to the playoffs, but they haven't actually won a playoff game since, you know, 2000. So they're they're looking to make, you know, make a push and, you know, do something here, you know, in the regular season to get to that playoffs and, you know, maybe win a game or two. But, uh, you know, obviously they, they, you know, it's not surrounded without some controversy. Uh, obviously they, they, you know, fired, you know, their four-season four or, you know, four-season uh, coach, and Brian Flores, you know, so starting fresh 
again at the the head coaching position yeah. um, with uh, you know new new head you know new head coach with no prior head coaching experience and Mike McDaniel coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the big news for the Dolphins, you know, in the offseason was adding, you know, former Kansas City wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the mix, you know, signed him to a four-year, $120 million deal, um, you know, and I think that's, that, that rests, you know, how does he fit in with this, with this Dolphins offense with, a, you know, somewhat of a quarterback controversy, if you will, in themselves, you know, what, what does Tua do for them? You know, Tua Tagovailoa has been, you know, on their team, you know, last several seasons, but just has shown some flashes, but hasn't has. hasn't been that that you know deep threat, deep ball, you know, mm -hmm. big playmaker type. And that's who Tyreek is, right? You know? and, and I think it's going to be interesting because um, you know last year Tyreek was more was more of a kind of a, a dink and dunk, you know, kind of an underneath receiver, um, you know, in in Kansas City's offense last year, but. You know, in Miami, I think he's going to have to be more of that deep ball they threat. Stretch that field a little because bit. Yeah. they already have a wide receiver in Jalen Waddle who does more of that kind of underneath route or you know mm -hmm. some more of those underneath routes. That, and, and so I just don't think there's going to be enough underneath balls for for both of them. You know, to to keep them both somewhat happy or you know whatever. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Tua develops with that deep ball, who's has not you know through his NFL seasons and you know just in his college seasons has not been. A great deep ball thrower, arm, um, you know, has not been been a, a great, you know, accurate deep ball thrower. How they how they change that, you know, how they how they make that work in in Miami. I think the defense for for Miami will keep them keep them in games. They have a, a stout secondary uh, with a couple of amazing, awesome corners in Xavier uh, Howard and Javon Holland. I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off the offense. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, you know the offense also. With Mike McDaniel, I mean, he's he's known as a running guy, a running backs guy. He, you know, when he when he was with the 49ers four seasons, he was the uh, kind of the running backs coach, if you will, and then the final season he was the the offensive coordinator. As as those you know those positions, his five seasons in San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers finished uh, in, in rushing yards. They finished 21st, 13th, second. 15th and 7th in rushing yards. So, you know, towards the top half of the league in rushing yards. So he likes to establish a run, get the running back, you know, mm -hmm. position going. And I think that's going to, you know, take a little bit of pressure off of, you know, Tua as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Miami addressed that position in the in the offseason. They brought in running backs Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Sony Michelle into somewhat of a, of a crowded running back room already. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they, you know, have set themselves up to, to take a lot of the pressure off of Tua to not have to make him be, you know, a, a phenomenal guy that throws for 400, 500 yards a game, but do just enough to, to get them some points on the offensive side of the ball because I think that defense will keep them in games. You know, I think I think that they, they continue to, you know, with, with a new head coach and, you know, still kind of the uncertainty around Tua, I think that they take a little bit of a step step back. I think that they go instead of nine and eight, they go eight and nine this yeah. year, and still once again, you know, narrowly miss the playoffs. Um, but they're they're right there. Um, you know, it's just a matter of finding all the pieces coming coming together. I just think with kind of a, a new head coach and you know some still question marks at their QB QB position, I just think the Dolphins are still maybe a season away from from being a real real contender in the AFC. All right, very good. Well, that's it for our show tonight. Uh, Colton, you want to do the honors? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or 
you know, just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about, you know, on the on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We got a uh, an Instagram. Our handle is uh, fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook um, if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can find uh, you know a little bit of information about the show and some of our past episodes over on our website at uh, firedup1.podbean.com. And uh, you know all of our past episodes are also, and you know this episode included, will be you know on pretty much every pod- podcast platform you can think of: Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere there you can listen to a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate you guys listening, and as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.